Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. I thank you all very much for taking the time. Part of your Monday, spending it with me, I, I really do appreciate that. And I hope you had a great weekend. The Steelers were very active in practice. We're going to talk all about that, talk about some news, talk about what's coming up this week. Friday, it's hard to believe the Steelers have their first preseason game this Friday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that we'll be covering this every which way and sideways because it just seems like there is something to this team that was absent last year. We'll get into that throughout the week. No Monday morning conversation today. Get that out in the open right away. No Monday morning conversation. Uh, I'm going to have Coach KT Smith hopefully on with me on Wednesday for the first half. He was at training camp practice last week. I want to get his thoughts. And then on Friday, Jeremy Jerome Betts was at practice on Saturday. And so he is going to give us his thoughts on the team. Uh, It's going to be a great week of shows. I hope you all are here for it. And I hope you're checking out all of our podcasts on the Steel Curtain Network. Uh, you know, just want to say a couple things to plug here is fansforsports.com. If you haven't checked it out, please do. You, right now, when you go to the homepage, there's nothing other than it's a landing page. That's going to change this week. We're going to have some featured articles there uh, starting this week, like I said. But let's say you're a Steeler fan and you also like uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, you can find the Pittsburgh Pirates podcast feed right there by going to the MLB tab, finding Pittsburgh Pirates, and clicking there, and you'll be able to find the Talk the Plank podcast. Or maybe with Pennsburg. Uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they actually renamed and rebranded themselves the Skating Penguins Network. And, hey, they just the Penguins just pulled off a really crazy trade, uh, bringing in Eric Carlson. You want to hear about that? Go to fansforsports.com, find NHL, go to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you'll be able to listen to all of that. So there's that. Get that out of the way. Let's talk about the news first, right? Because today's going to be talking about depth players, and there's going to be a lot of important facets of this conversation, and that's going to go all the way into the second half. The first half of this podcast is probably going to be more related to the news. So the depth chart was released, the very first depth chart for 2023. Mike Tomlin always says, you know, hey, don't buy too much into it. In other words, the NFL mandates that I do this, so literally take it with a grain of salt. I get it. At the same time, there is value to it. Who were, who remembers last year? What did we have? The cut and paste component, right, with Kenny Pickett, and he was not in the correct spot. I, look, all that snafu last year, the cut and paste component, that's something that we'll never forget, those of us that cover the Steelers. But this year, not too much craziness. If you want to know an in-depth breakdown of the depth chart, which, by the way, if you want to check out the depth chart, go to steelcurtainnetwork.com right now, and you will find that article. You'll see the complete depth chart and notes pertaining to offense, defense. For instance, let me give an example. On the defensive side, for the first time that I have ever seen, I haven't been covering the team as long as some people, they used an or on the depth chart. Yeah, for strong safety, it said DeMonte KZ or Keanu Neal. I've never seen that. So you'd make a Fitzpatrick at free safety, strong safety, DeMonte KZ or Keanu Neal. Very interesting stuff. Uh, 
we have all everything listed there, some news and notes. And Dave Schofield, like I said, did a breaking news podcast, which I'm sure you've seen on your podcast. But if you didn't or if you missed it, go back and check it out. Dave outlines everything the way that Dave always does. So check out that depth chart and check out the article at steelcurtainnetwork.com. Let's also talk about Kendra Green for a second. Kendra Green, this is, uh, boy, this was the story, right? I mean, this started on Friday. Friday Night Lights in Latrobe. They, they, they go to the high, local high school. They have their big padded practice. It's normally very physical. Mike Tomlin was not in attendance this year. Why? He was in Canton, Ohio for Rondé Barber, his former player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who was being enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It was Mike Tomlin that put the gold jacket on Rondé Barber. Pretty cool moment, but Mike Tomlin missed that Friday Night Lights practice to be at that ceremony. So there wasn't it wasn't as physical as it usually is when Tomlin's there. Uh, but still, on Friday, you saw Kendrick Green playing some H-back slash fullback. Like, they put him in motion a couple times. It, it, it kind of seemed like it was a gimmick, to be honest with you. When I saw it first, I'm like, this is not for real, right? Well, next, you know, Saturday rolls around. Jeremy Jerome Betts is at the practice, and he is doing it again. And they're throwing him passes. And I, I, I just keep scratching my head. I think the, the most frustrating thing for me, and I, I really don't even want to say it was that frustrating, but the one aspect of the fan base that drove me nuts were the people that said, you know, Kendrick Green's a bust, Kendrick Green's a bust. But now that he's making these plays as a fullback, everyone's like, oh, well, I actually like Kendrick Green. Like, wait a second, hold on. You just called this guy a waste of space, waste of a roster spot. How in the hell are you going to then say that he's got some type of magic about him just because they changed his position? That's annoying in and of itself. And the Steelers fan base will always be that way. But then there are these people, and I'm not going to name names, but there are these people on social media, mainly Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, who cares, who gives a crap. There are these people on Twitter that are saying, you know, when he was drafted, I said he should be a fullback. Shut up. I'm sorry, but like, just seriously, I'm calling BS. Just stop talking. Like, Literally, don't even try to say that you had the wherewithal and the forethought to say that when he was drafted in the third round out of Illinois, that he should be a fullback. Get out of here. Like I'm sorry, that is insanity. So the Kendrick Green experiment continues, and we'll talk about him as we get through the depth and all that good stuff. But man, that story in and of itself and the fan base's reaction, I just found it very interesting, found it very intriguing, and kind of found it very hypocritical in a lot of ways. Nonetheless, that's where we are. Now, uh, let's do a seven shots update, shall we? The last time we did this, uh, the Steelers, the defense was dominating. Well, over the weekend, since we last spoke, the Steelers offense has actually done a little bit better. They were actually close to tying it up on Sunday. They could have tied it up if they won seven shots. Instead, they did not win seven shots, and it should be noted. So, for instance, let's look at Sunday's practice because they have today Monday off. Sunday's practice was not padded. So when you don't have a padded practice, that it automatically eliminates one aspect of the offense. You can't really run the ball. Well, you can't run the ball if you're not having live, live tackling is what I wanted to say. So the offense ends up losing, and the defense now is a 5-3 to three edge in seven shots so far this training camp. So the offense started to look a little bit better. The defense catches up. Nonetheless, 
we should be happy that it's close to even, right? We should be happy that the offense kind of had a resurgence. We should be happy that the defense also is standing tall and making plays when it matters most. Speaking of, uh, you know, some news and, and things coming out of the Steelers, we, we do have a source, you know that by now. Source said that today on Monday, expect the Steelers to be hosting some free agents. They're going to be bringing in some players who I don't know that. I'm not privy to that information, but they said to expect those free agents to be coming into the facility. Uh, they have some holes that they're trying to fill. Maybe some of these injuries, of uh, you know, maybe some of these, I'm going to name the injuries now. Some might be more severe than we thought. But let's go over some of those injuries before we take a quick break and get into these depth players. Uh, there's been a lot of veteran days off. Minka Fitzpatrick had been given a almost a full week off. He was told to go home, deal with a family situation. He's back, starting to work his way back into practice. Uh, you talk about Isaac Samalu has been given some days off. Uh, some other veterans have been given the days off. And so, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, I think it got a couple days. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, you expect that. You really do. At least I do. So they've been getting vet days off. DeMonte KZ, who's been nursing an ankle injury, He's close to coming back. On Sunday, he was there doing some individual work, but he's not quite there with the ankle, so he's not back fully just yet. Uh, Nick Herbig was a new injury. He had a hip flexor strain. Uh, th- that's a tough one. I'm not saying that's going to linger. Most of the time, some rest will let that thing heal up, but you want to see this rookie play on Friday night. I want to see this rookie play on Friday night. So in that regard, I'm really hoping that Nick Herbig's hip flexor heals itself, but he's been out of practice. JPJ, Joey Porter Jr., with his ankle, he missed practice on Sunday. Again, uh, Mike Tomlin did not say that they think it's serious. He just basically, it's part of the process. Sometimes they're going to roll ankles, things like that. You don't want it to become something that is way more serious and significant than it is. So you, you err on the side of caution. Uh, Trey Norwood with a lower body injury is another injury. And there have been some bumps and bruises along the way to players like DeMarvin Leal, Keanu Benton, Nate Herbig. All those players have been dealing with something. They've been in and out of the lineup for practice. So there's a little injury update for you and some news as it pertains to the Pittsburgh Steelers heading into a game week. I cannot believe it's a game week. But when we come back after this break, we're going to talk about some depth players that maybe you and me as fans shouldn't be counting out just yet because they're having some great stellar training camps. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, Steelers fans of the second half of this Let's Ride podcast. Excited to be here with you. I want to remind everyone that, you know, after the game on Friday, you can expect our post-game coverage. Even though it's the preseason, we are going to be talking about it. We're going to talk about how the starters did, some of the depth players, how the game wrapped up. Make sure you're following us on all of our platforms by searching Steel Curtain Network. You can find us on YouTube for the live streams for every single night that we have a live show. You can talk about you can talk about Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, Steel Curtain Network. That's all you have to do. Search that, find us, follow, give us a follow so that we can get our information to you. That's what matters the most. Okay, the the title of this podcast, I held this till the second half, is don't count out some of these Steelers' quote-unquote depth players. 
we've all fell I, we've all fell for this story if i'm going to be putting it bluntly the story of you know people are doing their predictions i do it dave Schofield and i both do the article where we're predicting the 53 man roster and you know it makes sense when you're going through it you you kind of look at them and say okay i can see this guy being a depth player i can see him being a depth player well okay but at the same time we can't just give them that tag of a depth player and assume that they're going to be nothing more than that. So, you know, this is players, fans assumed would only be used at, with depth and nothing more. Now, some depth players, uh, they're starting to prove they might be more than that for the Steelers in 2023. We always talk about fringe players. There's always, in my opinion, those players that show up and show out in a big way. Players that say, wow, I, you're, you're sitting there thinking, I didn't expect that to happen. I'll give you an example. Mike Hilton years ago. He shows up. He's been spent time with New England. He spent time with Jacksonville. The dude is all over the field, and the just the football seems to find him. He's making plays left and right. No one expected Mike Hilton to be anything, yet he turns into a really solid defender for the Steelers for many years and then cashes in with a nice hefty contract with the Bengals. I'll give you a more recent example. Go last year, Jalen Warren. I didn't know who Jalen Warren was. You knew who Jalen Warren was to me. He was that guy when they had minicamp and they had a whole team photo. Someone's up on the up on the balcony taking a picture of all the Steelers there, players, coaches, etc. I'm scanning through the photo and I see this number 30 who is flexing for the picture. I say, who is that guy? Look it up. It's a guy named Jalen Warren, an undrafted rookie free agent running back out of Oklahoma State. And I laugh because he's flexing to the camera. I had no idea that Jalen Warren was going to turn into what he is, Muscle Hamster 2.0, this guy that is a spark plug who really has found his own niche within the offense. I didn't expect that to happen. If anything, I was like, well, shoot, that guy might, maybe he's a depth piece. Depth piece. No. I think he's more than that. I think a lot of these players I'm about to name, we might have viewed them as nothing but depth pieces, but in reality, they are more than that. So we have offense and defense. We're going to do defense first. I don't feel like there's as many pieces of this puzzle that fall into this category in terms of these depth players that might be more than what we thought. There's not as many. On offense, I think there's a lot. But on defense, not as many. Let's start with nose tackle, Braden Fihoko. Braden Fihoko is a guy that everyone just kind of said, well, he's kind of your th- the big guy up the middle, right? He's going to he's gonna go in, he's going to take up a couple blockers, and there you go. That's Braden Fihoko. But what we're finding out is that Braden Fihoko, yes, he is very good at that. He is very good at that. But he's also bringing another aspect of his game to the team that no one really expected. He's kind of putting some pressure in the interior. He's not just holding up defenders. He's actually showing he's more versatile than that. That's awesome. Now, all of a sudden, we all assumed, oh, well, shoot, Montrevious Adams, maybe Braden Fihoko's out. Braden Fajoko is pushing for a roster spot and some serious playing time, so keep that in the back of your mind. Also, Isaiah Loudermilk in the defensive tackle, defensive end realm. He's showing to have a good camp so far this year. Everyone thought, well, maybe he's just going to be that guy that he's probably going to be inactive on game days, might not even get a helmet. Might He might get a helmet, and he might be more of a rotational piece. Flexibility. What can you do? The more you can do, the more chances you have to play. You know, I'm going to say that second-round pick Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr., he is a player that I think a lot of us thought early on, we're not sure what to think. 
Everyone remembers the slide, how, how Joey Porter fell down to pick 32, first pick of the second round. But then I also have to remember there's people like Andrew Wilbar, and I, I like to poke fun at Andrew, but the guy knows a ton about the draft and these prospects. He had him ranked as one of his top-ranked cornerbacks in this year's class. So I was looking at the depth chart saying, Joey Porter's good depth. You know, you give him a chance to ease himself into it. What I'm seeing and what we're all seeing from camp, whether you're there or not or whether you're following on social media, is that Joey Porter Jr. is more than just depth. The kid's a player. And when he when I say he's a player, he's got a guy that could come in early and play significant snaps and have a significant role. Now, here's a guy that we told you about from our source back in minicamp, and that's Elijah Riley is having one heck of an offseason. Well, training camp is here, and they're giving him every opportunity to succeed, and he is succeeding. Elijah Riley is having a great camp. They are he's being recognized by the coaching staff. He's being noticed by the organization. And now he's looking like even though he's behind Chandon Sullivan on the depth chart right now, he is going to get every opportunity to win a roster spot and prove his worth, and that's through versatility, which we know he has. Lastly is Keanu Benton. Keanu Benton, he's been banged up, so he hasn't gotten a chance to prove it too much, but Keanu Benton is a player who honestly, when when you look at what he could do and what he could be for this defense, he could have a significant role. He could just be a rotational player, but I just don't see him being nothing more than depth. I think he's going to be more than that. So on defense, not as many players. Fihoko, Loudermilk, JPJ, Elijah Riley, Keanu Benton. There you have it. On offense, what's different? I feel like there's a lot of players that could have significant roles on this offense and this is where you look at the offense. Like I wrote an article for steelcurtainnetwork.com and this ran, I think, on Saturday. And it was all about the fantasy football approach to this 2023 Steelers. And I kept on thinking about it. If this offense is the is working the way that we want it to as fans, there's not a lot of good fantasy options. Let me put it that way. Maybe Najee Harris. But if you're you know, Pat Fryermuth, if Pat Fryermuth's clicking on all cylinders, you also want the ball to be spread around. So you hope that the offense is very balanced. Balance between run and pass. Balance between who they get the football to. Balance is going to be key. So let's start off with a guy that it's funny. Our source, just like with Elijah Riley, our source told us about this guy, I'm talking months ago. And we wrote the story, and I talked about it on my podcast, and that's Cody White. And I'm not going to joke with you when I say that there were people that were on social media when I wrote the article that Cody White is showing out in in offseason. They're like, oh, whatever, same old story, same old Cody White, nothing will change. Well, I talked to my source yesterday, and you know what he said? Cody White's having one hell of a camp. That's what he said. And everyone that's there at camp is saying Cody White continues to make plays. Am I going to guarantee you that he makes the 53-man roster? No, I'm not that stupid. I have no control over that. Am I saying that he is putting his best foot forward? You bet your butt I am. I absolutely am saying that he's putting his best, best foot forward. Cody White is one of those players that he just does everything right. And so when he's doing everything right, he's in the right spot. He knows every play in the playbook. He's got a good rapport with the quarterback. Then all of a sudden you're looking at him, and he might not be just a depth piece. He might actually be a, be a player. Something to think about. Another rookie, I mentioned Keanu Benton and Joey Porter Jr. on the defensive side of the ball, but Darnell Washington. Everyone just kind of assumed, right? Hey, this guy's a big blocker. You know, he's six foot 
eight, something like that, 250-plus pounds. He's just a huge man. He's just going to go in there, block, pancake guys if he can, lead the way for Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, anyone else who's carrying the football. Well, the problem with that is that Darnell Washington has proven once the pads came on, he's more versatile than you think. He is more of an offensive weapon than maybe we all thought, even just going back to OTAs and minicamp. So I think Darnell Washington, he's going to play a lot. But I don't, if you just think he's going to be an extra tackle, I am not buying that. So therefore, his the whole depth persona with him, no, I think it's more than that. Let's go with Nate Herbig. So Nate Herbig. And I could have put his brother Nick on defense. I really could have, now that I think about it. Because Nick Herbig is really having a great camp. I mean, a great camp. And I, I mentioned the hip flexor injury. I hope that doesn't hinder him. But he's having a great camp. And so is Nate, the older brother, the offensive guard. When Isaac Sayamalu's been getting these days off, it's not Kevin Dotson that starts at left guard. It's Nate Herbig. You know what that tells me? That tells me that even though on the depth chart, and if you go and check it out, on that depth chart, you have Nate Herbig behind, I think he's behind James Daniels, and Kevin Dotson's behind Isaac Sayamalu. And they make it look like they're both just they're, they're the top guards. No. The interior number one guard is Nate Herbig right now, not Kevin Dotson, which makes me think that if James Daniels goes down or Isaac Samalo goes down, the first person in is not Kevin Dotson. It's Nate Herbig. So Nate Herbig, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to beat out James Daniels or he's going to beat out Isaac Samalo, but I think he is going to beat out Kevin Dotson. And I think he will have a role if he needs to have be thrust into the lineup. Might, maybe not. Hey, just saying the death player is there. But if he has to be thrust into the lineup, I don't think it's going to be this huge drop in production. I'll tell you who else is improving every single year. It's been years and is looking like they might actually carved out a role for themselves, and that's Anthony McFarland, Ant-Mac. Ant-Mac's having a great camp. He's catching touchdowns. He's running wheel routes. They're giving him the football in space, and he's making plays. I love to see it. He's the running back three on the depth chart right now, and he's a guy that you just – you want him to succeed. At least I do. I have nothing against Anthony McFarland. I, I saw the guy when he played at Maryland for Matt Canada, and he had some phenomenal runs. We know the explosiveness that he has. We just haven't seen him put it together at the NFL level. Everyone that's watching Training Camp Live has said very similar things about Anthony McFarland, and that is that they don't see him being just a every now and then player. They're going to have to find a way to get him the ball because he's dangerous. Every time he touches the ball, he is dangerous. So Anthony McFarland, again, maybe just a depth guy, not so much. I've been really pleased with Calvin Austin the third. I was very hesitant to talk about him too much based on the fact of what happened a year ago with the foot injury, and it was about this time last year when when we, we were getting geared up for the first preseason game. It was against Seattle, and that was when he got hurt and he never showed up, and we never saw him play. So I knocked on wood for those that are superstitious, but Calvin Austin III has also proven that even though he's not big, he can get the ball in space, and if they get him that ball in space, he can do some damage. The guy is fast as all get out, so maybe he has a larger role on this team as well. I still want to see him return kicks and return punts. If he can do that, he's going to solidify his spot on the roster, and that's going to be huge. Now, Kendrick Green, I talked about him at the start of the show. I really hate even bringing this up, but I, I do want to say this. 
the frustration that I have with Kendrick Green is with the fans. It's not with him. People probably when the refrigerator the refrigerator Perry, you know, when when he was with the Bears and they had him plunging into the end zone and leading the way for Walter Payton, I'm sure there were times where they said, "Are we? Are they really doing this?" And you know what they said? Screw it, let's do it. If it works, it works. Who cares what it looks like? Could I see Kendrick Green getting a helmet on game day and actually going in on a goal line situation and paving the way for Najee Harris? The answer is yes. I could actually see that happen. And you may sit there and think, Jeff, you're nuts. That's fine. You can believe what you want. But I just think that I think he's going to make the team. I've predicted that since we started doing our 53-man roster predictions. I think he's going to make the team. And the question was always, is he going to get a helmet on game days? He didn't last year once. He stood there in street clothes and watched. Well, he's going to be probably your backup center, but now he has another little wrinkle that they could use if necessary. Maybe he's just a short yardage guy. I don't think they're going to start using him as a tight end eligible or anything like that. But still, that depth piece, again, they might be able to use him. It might be more than we thought. You know, Connor Hayward, speaking of the, I'm always referencing the depth chart because it just got released. He's actually on there twice. He's on as a fullback, and he's also on there as a the fourth string tight end. I think that Connor Hayward is a guy that whether he's an H back, whether he's a fullback, whether he's a slot receiver, whether he's out wide, an inline tight end doesn't matter. They got to get this guy on the field. Every time you see plays, every time you see them target him, he's bringing the pass down. He yes, he had a fumble in camp. He was very down on himself, but still, the dude makes plays. And what you're finding now is you have all these players. And so you have your Calvin Austins. You have your your Connor Haywards. You have your Darnell Washingtons. You have your Anthony McFarlands. Playmakers all around. It's going to be tough on Matt Canada to try to find a way to get all of them involved. But that's his job. You got to get him involved no matter what. Let's go to the next one. And this is going to make some people sick. This is actually the last one. Gunnar Olszewski. Gunnar Olszewski is a guy... That he just, he, I hate to even put it this way, but he just won't go away, right? Everyone thought, hey, he's going to be cut. He's going to be cut. Akella Witherspoon's going to be cut. They're going to save the cap space, move on with our lives. But there's something about this guy that Mike Tomlin likes. He really likes Gunnar Olszewski. They brought him in on a two-year deal for a reason, and it's the second year of that two-year deal. They're giving him every chance that he can to prove his worth. And no matter what, he's he's kind of like that gnat that just won't let you go. He, he He's flying around your face. You shoo him away, and he comes right back. He's always there. That's Gunnar O this year. Gunnar O is making plays as a receiver. We know that they loved him with the jet sweeps. He's a willing blocker, even though he's not that large. Uh, he can return punts if he can hold on to the football. This is going to be really interesting how this plays out at the wide receiver position. Hakeem Butler is playing well. Cody White talked about him. Calvin Austin III talked about him. Gunnar Olszewski, they, if they kept seven, I would be absolutely stunned if they kept seven wide receivers. It doesn't make sense to me. But you have all these players. you got to find a way. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's a good problem to have. Like, Let's wrap this up with this. It's a good problem to have when you can list off these players that even just a couple weeks ago, we thought were nothing more than depth pieces. And now they've actually turned into players. Guys that can actually go out there and do 
a specific job, have a specific role, and fulfill that role for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a good problem to have. It's a good problem when we thought that Nick Herbig was going to be nothing more than a special teams guy, and what he ends up doing is going out there and proving this guy can rush the passer. Marcus Golden who? Nick Herbig might be the number three pass rusher. I'm not going to go that far, but still, he's having a great camp. You might talk about players like Anthony McFarland a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's not going to make the team. Maybe they won't even keep three running backs. Looks like they're going to keep three, and it looks like it's going to be McFarland. Things change. Things evolve. This is a good problem to have. If Everyone wants to talk about Omar Khan making the, the drastic moves, Andy Weidel, all those people in the front office, this new-look front office. Everyone always says, well, they, they've made so many moves, and, and it's true. But a lot of the moves they made were to improve the depth on this roster. And they've done that. They've done it in spades. It's really awesome to see. So for me, I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for this week because of the players that I just mentioned. Think about who I just mentioned. Braden Fajoko, Isaiah Loudermilk, Joey Porter Jr., Elijah Riley, Keanu Benton will throw in Nick Herbig. All those players are going to see a lot of time on Friday versus Tampa Bay. Then you go on offense, Darnell Washington, Nate Herbig, Anthony McFarlane, Cody White, Calvin Austin, Kendrick Green, Connor Hayward, Gunnar Olszewski. Guess what? They're all going to see a lot of time on Friday night too. That's why I'm excited for this week. I am really excited for this week. And something that I wrote about and I'm going to talk about later in the week is how this there is just a different feel about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. This 2023 Steelers team, it is, it's just different. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. It's not one thing in particular, but I, if you listen to the podcast, you know, because I've had beat writers on, I've asked them this question. They all say the same thing. This team is different than a year ago. I'm excited for this week. You should be excited for this week. I'm excited to hopefully have Coach KT Smith on for Wednesday. Mailbag is also going to be on Wednesday, so look out for the mailbag tweet on Tuesday. Just find me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Don't care at J Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Typically around 8 or 9 o'clock, I will put out the tweet. You respond with your questions, and I will answer them live on the show on Wednesday. In the meantime, folks, make sure you're checking out SteelCurtainNetwork.com. It's a great site, great people, great content. I think you'll love it. You know how we finish out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.